Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Ion Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. We are in Buffalo. Well, Mark, I'm going to say it. The Patriots just delivered a perfect loss here. <laughs> Patriots fell to the Bills 27 to 21, but it was a weirdly entertaining game. They fought hard till the end, but ultimately you still get the draft reward. So I think that was a perfect loss for them. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, the Patriots fought really hard. They looked horrible at times. They lost. And at the end of the day, they leave Buffalo with the current number two pick in the 2024 NFL draft. It, it sets up a crazy stage for me. This final week, Chris, we go into one, it could be Belichick's, Bill Belichick's last week as the head coach of the New England Patriots. Also, it puts them in a situation where a loss to the Jets would essentially clinch a top three pick in next year's draft. A win, however, could drop them somewhere from like, I don't know, four to seven. Mm-hmm. It, it To me, this is fascinating. It's fascinating on so many different levels. And I want to start with one. Bill Belichick, what's your take? Is this his final game? I think ultimately it will be, but I do think the way they're closing things out could absolutely give Robert Kraft cold feet for the whole thing. I mean, if you listen to this pod, you know, my whole thing with him is seeing is believing, you know, Robert has talked tough repeatedly and, you know, nothing really changes. There have been multiple like, well, we need to win a playoff game off seasons in a row. Clearly at four and 12, you are far from a playoff game. So I, I seeing is believing with him, but, and I do think that, they're playing really hard down the stretch, but ultimately I think it comes back to like, they're playing really hard. You can't ask anything more of the team that's out there right now, but the reason they're still losing games is because the roster wasn't constructed well enough. And that's just going to continue to happen. Right. So Bill Belichick is, I would say the greatest coach of all time. He is still a great coach. And that's evident by the fact his team has so many injuries and they're playing well and they're, they're playing competitively They're They show fight and resolve their backs against the wall. They, they bounce back because they're a well coached team. In in my opinion, Bill Belichick, I don't think should be retained because of the GM who he is at the end of the day. I'm going to throw a couple, couple, put some numbers out there for you. And if you guys listen to this podcast, I love my stats Patriots right now head into the final week, having allowed 41 sacks this season. That ties last year's total of 41. 41 sacks last year was the most sacks the Patriots team has allowed since 2008. The Patriots now, in back-to-back seasons, have allowed 82 sacks. 
That is the most since 2000 and 2001 for a Patriots team. This Patriots offensive line has progressively gotten worse since 2021, which was Mac Jones' rookie year, and and that's on that's on Bill Belichick. I, I honestly think him and his front office messed up the right tackle situation pretty horribly. You know, they ended up relying on a guy like Trent Brown, who didn't travel with the team to Buffalo, was a healthy scratch, and has essentially quit on the team, which is you know, which it seems like. Yep. That, that's that's number one. It's like Bill didn't do enough from his tackle spot, and in the NFL, you need good offensive line play. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but we're currently in Buffalo and it's raining right now. So if you hear any noise, that's that's what it is. Number two point, receiver position. They have been woefully undermanned. Really, I would say dating to Tom Brady's final year here in 2000, I'd say 2018, 2019. The Patriots didn't have enough offensively. So we're going to head into this final season. Jacoby Myers, Chris, 68 catches, 746 yards, seven touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins, 68 catches, 1,011 yards, six touchdowns. Like the Patriots have continuously made the wrong moves at receiver. They should have resigned Jacoby Myers. They should have signed DeAndre Hopkins. They opted against both. And for me, it's why it comes down to this. Bill Belichick, I think his days are numbered. And I think at the end of the day, Robert Kraft will move on with a new head coach. And I, I think they need someone here with a, a better eye for talent on the offensive end of the ball. But they are well coached. And I, and I thought we saw that today. But I don't disagree saying it's not completely set in stone because anything can happen. But Man, Chris, it's interesting to me that even a game like this where, like, the Patriots fought well, I, I thought, like, their problems offensively with Bailey Zappi under center were really some of the same stuff we saw all year with Mac Jones. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the only difference, really, is that Bailey bounced back as the game moved on. And I think that Mac, like, it was kind of like the uh, replacements quicksand speech where it's like one mistake happens, then another and another. And before you know it, then you're just in over your head where – that's one thing I'll say for Bailey is he's incredibly confident. And, you know, even after throwing three picks, he led a touchdown drive right after that, ran it in, spikes the ball emphatically. And I, I think that he's able to bounce back a little better than Mac is right now. But having said that, you know, end of the game, he gets the ball back with just under seven minutes to go down six points and just goes three and out. Taekwon Thornton, he hit short of the sticks, which I mean, I don't know. If that's a Taekwon issue where you should run that like a yard or two deeper. I don't know if it's Bailey's read. But whatever the reason, they went three and out and then just didn't get the ball back. And that was the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, it was it was third and six. <laughs> at the end of the day, you, you need to pick up six yards because at that point, there was five minutes and 50 seconds left. Like the Patriots had a chance to win this game. They didn't. And it sets us up for what I think will be a just a historic season in New England, a franchise altering season in New England. And there was a report um, heading into today, which is Sunday from Anna Rapport of the NFL Network, Chris, that I wanted to ask you about. He essentially looked at the Patriots' coaching situation, and Anna Rapport reports that the decision hasn't been made. Bill Belichick wants to coach next year, and if he is not with the Patriots, it'll not be by a firing, but in mutual split of the ways or whatever, a mutual parting of the ways, which that makes sense. What really got me, though, at the end of this, candidates that could be the next Patriots head coach. Rap Sheet puts out there that Gerard Mayo is considered the favorite, which we've talked about here. Then he puts out two names, Brian Flores, which I understand, and Josh McDaniels, which I don't. What's your takeaway in reading that? I think it's really funny how into like the Belichick coaching tree Kraft would be if that's the case when they've all failed so horribly other places. Flores didn't fail like horribly, horribly in Miami, but also was fired after three seasons. And there is a ton of behind the scenes issue where like, if you hear Tua talk about him and some of the stories about how messed up Tua was by the end of that because his confidence had been totally shattered, I don't know. Um, 
I mean, I, I understand Mayo still being the favorite. I, I get all of that, you know, where he he is the one who, you know, he's never been a head coach anywhere else. I think he has a, like a really impressive resume. He's really impressive. If you talk to him, he's engaging. Just a really smart guy. So I understand that too. But it's kind of like we've dove into on the pod. Got to open it up. Bring Ben Johnson in. Bring Frank Smith in. Bring all of the young offensive minds that have nothing to do with the Patriots. Bring those guys in. Sit down, see what they have to say too. You know, just because Bill's way worked here doesn't mean that his like teachings inherently work elsewhere because they haven't worked anywhere else. I think it's I think it's interesting that Robert Kraft has made two hires, right, for a head coach. First was Pete Carroll. Now, Pete Carroll, for those who don't know, was the head coach for a year for the New York Jets. Didn't last very long. Then he was the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. And then Robert Kraft hired him, I, although it didn't work out for Carroll in New England. Carroll's a very, very good head coach. And then you had Bill Belichick, who spent one year with Kraft, I think, on Bill Parcells' staff, but he yep. obviously had head coaching experience. I, I do wonder if Kraft would hire Mayo, considering his lack of experience. I know he said a lot of good things about him, or if he would sort of stick with that trend, which I think Brian Flores is a really intriguing option. For those who don't know, Brian Flores was a really well-respected defensive coach under on here in New England, and he was a linebackers coach, safeties coach. He was a defensive play caller, even though he didn't get the defensive coordinator title. That was his job the year the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. They had this really awesome amoeba defense where guys essentially were all at the line of scrimmage, and they sprinted backwards. They were trying to disguise what coverage they are in to confuse Jared Goff. It was really fun to watch. Worked really well. Guys loved playing for Brian Flores. They called him B-Flow. Um, he went to Miami, was there for three years. He went 5-11, and 11, and then he went 10-6 and six and 9-8. and eight. Now, people were shocked when he got fired. Turns out the owner over there wanted him to tank. They wanted him to essentially, what, meet with Tom Brady when he wasn't supposed to. It was really messy, and Brian Flores essentially is suing the NFL because Bill Belichick texted him accidentally, wishing him, saying congratulations when he thought he was texting Brian Dable. I don't hate the idea of Brian Flores being the next head coach. That being said, Chris, I, I do kind of lean with you on this. I, I think they should go outside the system. I, I think he should bring in all the top candidates here and just sort of change things up. I mean, honestly, if you're going to have a complete reset, get a new GM, new head coach, why not just start things differently? Let some guy come in and pick everything new. I mean, I do wonder how much things will change if you hire someone from a similar tree to Bill Belichick. Yeah. And I mean, it's the offense that's totally broken right now, you know, in, in Flores, you're bringing in a defensive coach, like a very good defensive coach too, where it's the same thing with Mayo. And I understand Mayo being the favorite. Like I, I think he should absolutely get an interview and it's fine to have him as the favorite going in, but open it up to everyone. Like really let, let's go outside the box here, see how they would fix this offense, you know, and especially if you end up with a number two overall pick and take Drake May, who do you want shepherding him into the NFL? Yeah, that's that's a really great question. I think as we as we go forward here, the NFL continuously changes and it's really more of an offensive heavy league. That being said, there's a ton of quarterback injuries and I think offense is down as a whole this season. But if you are going to move on with a young quarterback, I, I want someone who knows what he's going to do with them. It does make me a bit nervous that Gerard Mayo is, you know, a, a, def a defensive guy. I mean, would he keep Bill O'Brien here? Is it, you know, do you feel like, Chris, would you feel comfortable with Bill O'Brien being the OC if it's Drake May or, or Jaden Daniels or a rookie quarterback like that? 
Yeah, I actually would be. I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't feel like great about it, you know, but I'd be like, oh yeah, that, that's fine. Like I, I understand it. Um, you know, I think he does a good job. I think he's been around long enough and this offense stinks, but I think that's a personnel issue more than like a play calling issue or anything like that, you know, or if you look at like the offensive line in this game today and the wide receivers and the quarterback and even the tight ends with no Hunter Henry today, it's like, okay, who's winning a lot of games with this group? I don't no. think there's anyone in the league that does that. No, I, I agree with you. I think Bill O'Brien's a really good coach. I mean, he came from Alabama, so he, you know, he came from a college system. So it's not like he's this like, you know, old stuck in his ways OC. I think Bill O'Brien, he's he's been he's been dealt a really tough hand this year in New England. But I also understand why people are frustrated. I mean, the Patriots offense has been bad, but you think about it, and it's like Kendrick Bourne was essentially their number one receiver. They lost him. Ramondre Stevenson was their leading running back they lost him Hunter Henry their top tight end they didn't have him I mean their offensive line is a mess because they don't have their starting left tackle Trent Brown or let's, their starting let's, left guard let's dive into that a little bit yeah where it's wild to me that Trent Brown is a healthy scratch right now and right after that news dropped Doug Hyde from the Boston Herald reported that uh, motivation has been an issue with Trent since his incentives aren't his playing time incentives aren't being hit he had 6.5 million in playing time incentives and is hitting none of them so now motivation's an issue. Then after the game, Mike Giardi from Boston Sports Journal reported that the team felt that he could have come back sooner from his injuries that he suffered in Miami earlier this year and that he just didn't because he was putting his personal future ahead of the teams when a lot of guys in the offensive line are battling things. What do you make of all this? I mean, unfortunately, when you lose like this, when you're a 4-12 and team, these things start to happen. And with Trent Brown, for those who are familiar with his situation, he has struggled with motivational issues, I would say. I think there's a reason why, you know, the Patriots acquired him, you know, in a deal with San Francisco. And a lot of people didn't know what to make of Trent Brown. And Dante Skarniecki got the best out of him. And there was a reason. Dante Skarniecki is probably the greatest offensive line coach of all time, but he kept him motivated. But also, they were winning. So I think... When that stuff goes out the window, you're losing, you're about to be a free agent. I think a guy like Trent Brown, for me, it's not a surprise, Chris. It's not a surprise that he's essentially quit on his team. And that's really unfortunate because I will say this. I like Trent Brown. He's, I think he, honestly, I think in his heart of hearts, he's a, he's a good guy. I think he got really frustrated with what was going on this season. And that, you know, ultimately cost him his place here in New England. And the Patriots rolled into this game against the Bills with Darian Lowe, Michael Wendu and Andrew Stuber at tackle. It's really, really unfortunate. And truthfully, it's going to hurt Trent Brown in free agency. Who in their right mind would guarantee this guy a lot of money? I mean, he's going to have to sign a one-year prove-it deal. I'm going to guess he wants to stay in Texas because that's where he lives. But he's going to have to sign a one-year prove-it deal. And he, in the end of the day, he cost himself money by not playing. He didn't hit his incentives. And by essentially giving up on his team, he he probably cost himself, you know, some decent money in free agency. Yeah, I can't fathom giving him more than a one-year deal anywhere. Just with motivation being such a constant issue, it's like you're in the NFL, man. You got to be professional. You got to show up and answer the bell. And that just isn't happening. But again, that's kind of something that happens when you're not putting a good roster together. Then you kind of have to rely on players like Trent Brown and look at where it's gotten the Patriots, you know? If they had drafted young tackles and developed them, then you wouldn't be in a position where you're trying to, you know, motivate Trent Brown without Dante Skarnecchia, and it's a whole issue. And that ultimately comes back to roster construction once again. Yeah, I mean, 
at the end of the day, Bill Belichick's undoing will be, you know, his role as a GM. And it's it's not that dissimilar to other coaches who have been in that position. I mean, Bill O'Brien was a good head coach in Houston. He went to the playoffs four times. But Bill O'Brien, the GM, hurt Bill O'Brien, the the head coach. I mean, I think it was a similar story with like Chip Kelly back in the day. I mean, it's it's a hard role to be the head coach and, and the GM. And at the end of the day, I think Belichick's ways are a bit antiquated. And, you know, we see this. Patriots roster is an example. They're defensive heavy. That doesn't play anymore in the NFL. You need to have an elite quarterback, the very least elite weapons. I mean, you certainly need an elite offensive line, I think, especially if you have an average or below average quarterback. Patriots have below average offensive line, below average weapons, below average quarterback play. And at the end of the day, it's probably cost the greatest head coach in NFL's history his job. Yeah, there's just absolutely nothing explosive about the offense. And that kills you when you get down. You know, there's no there's no home run hitter. Their most explosive play of the day was a screen pass to Kevin Harris, which is kind of who the Patriots are right now. Yeah. And that's not a way that you're going to beat teams in the modern NFL. It just doesn't work that way. It's uh, it's going to be fascinating. But before we go, Curse, we have to do our golden trophy. And, I, you know, I'm going to let you go first because historically I go first and I steal your guy. All right. This time I will go with Keon White. I think he was really good in this game. And that's super encouraging uh, to see for the Patriots. He's always had a ton of raw talent. You know, like we, we saw that from the one on one drills at training camp this summer. Like his bull rush is nasty, but he's really need to refine it. And I think you're seeing that like come to life. And a lot of that is just, you know, repetitions, getting more out of like just getting more action. And that's why like, these games don't mean anything for the Patriots in the standings, but they mean a lot to specific players. And I think you're seeing his growth uh, right off the bat. So he, he's my uh, gold star for this game. Who you got? Good pick. I'm going to go with the coach, Gerard Mayo. Josh Allen finished with 169 yards, zero passing touchdowns, one interception. He did have two rushing touchdowns, but let's be honest. The Patriots kept Josh Allen in check. And after the game, Dietrich Wise credited Gerard Mayo for the game plan. I thought that was very noteworthy. Um, Gerard Mayo, who might be the Patriots' next head coach, was given you know props by a defensive player for coming up with the game plan to slow down Josh Allen. So, hey, Gerard Mayo, you get the trophy from me, man. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Happy New Year. We'll catch you further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.